0: You are listening to JS with Love, JS con Amor, live from Chicago. All right, all right, all right. So welcome, bienvenidos todos. Welcome everyone to JS with Love, JS con Amor. Uh, my name is Jocelyn Sida. My nombre is Jocelyn Sida, and I am excited for this podcast. Why? Because it's going to bring together everything that I've been working really hard for for the last 30 years of my life. Uh, Los últimos 30 años de mi vida han sido una historia tan fuerte y tan interesante porque he estado en todas partes de Estados Unidos. I've been everywhere in the United States and you may ask how, uh, but I will tell you throughout the next journey of of my life how it all came about. But with that, I want to be able to bring empowerment and and love and enthusiastic um, communities uh, to you. And so I'm very honored and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the folks at Combi for letting me have this opportunity to be able to come to you um, with the most high-end energy and love and trust, because that's what life's about. So a couple things I want to touch base with everyone today. I'm going to go a little bit back and forth with English and Spanish, because that's who I am. I am, I'm not going to say Latinx, because I do not like saying Latinx, but I am a Latina. I was born and raised in East L.A., and I currently live in Chicago. I'm in the little community called Little Village. And it's not so little, but I like saying little. Uh, and definitely wanna talk about what's been going on in our world and everything that we've been going through as the pandemic COVID-19 has affected our community, Latinos, Latinas, our padres, our abuelitos, um, more than any other uh, you know, ethnic group. And so I also wanna make sure that we bring that into the fold. And I also wanna talk about women and body positivity and loving ourselves and manifestation and our goals for the future and then lastly i want to talk about how are we going to be able to survive in this new era of competition um competition we're not in competition with anybody else but ourselves and so i will want to remind people that when you're striving to be successful do not try to bring other people down especially us women um, because we know we have to work twice as hard to be able to sit at the table, and at the end of the day, we even have to fight twice as hard when we're sitting at the table when we're competing with one another, and that's not and should not be the case. So there's a lot to unpack there, and I am excited to be able to have that conversation with you all today. Now for the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna roll out amazing shows. We're gonna have amazing people that are gonna be joining me, women, strong women, business owners, artists, musicians. Uh, You know, politicians, aspiring politicians, people from the community, activists, all of that. It's going to be amazing. So, again, my name is Jocelyn Sida, but I go by Jaws. And a little bit of backstory on that. Now, like I said, I was born in California to a Mexican-American family. Um, One of three children. I'm the baby, so la más chiquita de todos los tres. Um, Mi familia viene de Monterrey, Nuevo León y Durango. Um, and they made it to California and ever since then um, you know I've been a California girl and yes the west coast is the best coast I said it mark me down it is what it is but not because you know we are entitled or we think we're all that it's because a lot of sun does you good and so when you grow up in a very sunny environment you can always have these positive vibes Um, but I always knew I was weird and I was different and I knew that I needed to get myself out of where we were now see my my parents were hardworking parents and my siblings right away knew that all they had to do was really just work so me going to college was like an anomaly um and i knew that i needed to go and, and strive to be something and be someone and just you know go out there and do and do what i gotta do um and the craziest part is that my parents were like oh my god like whose kid are you um i don't know where you are coming out with all of this but I always reminded my parents that i am exactly like them <laughs> my parents are you know they immigrated they left their family behind they they took chances and they came and started a new life so me branching out shouldn't be something that is unexpected i am definitely their daughter um and so when i was 15 years old i remember doing the walkouts in, in high school for immigration reform back in 2005 2006 and i wanted to be on the show on univision and and so i didn't know how to get on the show so um back then there was the world cup 2006 world cup and um they were having these uh competitions where you can actually um compete to score a goal and then you can compete to get voted on and you get to go to mexico city and you get to go see mexico play against congo um and at the the estadio azteca right so all of that was great but all i really wanted was to get in the door so i'm um, i love writing so i wrote this beautiful essay about how my family was obsessed with soccer and what mexican family is really not obsessed with soccer but i wanted to get on this show called hablando firme so um, when i got to the i got chosen to compete on this competition got to the studio and i networked my butt off of 15. i was like can i get your business card can i get your business card can i get your business card and so what ended up happening I get these business cards, and then next thing you know, I'm calling, I'm cold calling. Hey, you know, I really want to talk about immigration reform and how to fix the youth and what is going on and within the schools and all of that stuff. And so then I got to go to the studio again, um, and my dad was like, Ay, Mija, esta mi totera, Mija." and I'm like, no, 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 like, I'm serious, like, this is something that I really love. I want to be able to speak truth to power, and ever since then, right? And so um, I was able to be on that TV show nationally, and... Um, my classmates got to see me and they, everybody really knew that I had a passion for social justice and activism and, and all of that. And, you know, um, I got voted uh, Voice of Democracy and, you know, most likely to succeed in, in high school and all that. But for me, it was like I was always just competing, but competing with myself, how to become the best version of me every single time that I took on something that I really felt impassioned about. And with that energy, I, I strived and I continued on and I continued on for, for years. And, um, and it led me to where I am today. And, and fast forward, my life has been like the movie, Big Fish. I'm not sponsoring the movie. I I don't, they don't pay me for that. But if you see that movie, I've lived a really crazy life. Um, and, uh, and this is the story, but no, my, my crazy life has always been, um, mostly about impact and, and having my voice be heard and, um when i was little we moved around a lot so i always had to start a new um a new school and all of that and so me talking was always kind of my way to make friends or not be not be feeling left out so ultimately um my my family has always been a big supporter of mine when i ended up running for office i was 23 years old and my dad again thought i was crazy um, but I, even though I didn't win that election in California, I, um, you know, lifted off my career from there. And, um, you know, I, was, I always get emotional because when we were younger, we never really had funds to go on family vacations or trips or, you know, go and plan a Hawaiian trip, nothing. But I was able to travel to all these places, you know, um, because of my jobs. Um, the first time I got to go to Washington DC, I was eighteen years old. I got a job um as a reporter for for Rock the Vote and then from there on every campaign I ever worked on worked in Hawaii, New York, Miami. I was twenty five living in a condo on the beach on Miami Beach and all these things that I realized one thing is that I'm my parents' American dream and I'm my ancestors' wildest dreams and and because of that, I want to be able to give back because of all the places I've lived, I've met some incredible people and it's always full circle and and the work that I do. Um, I even met my husband here in Chicago 11 years ago um, when I was doing radio for a you know um, the National Museum of Mexican Art. He was doing art, graffiti um, in the neighborhoods. and for me it was like a new experience. but again it was those challenges to take. So for me, this this portion of our conversation is really about identifying who you are and taking those chances and competing with yourself um, to become the best version of yourself. Because at the end of the day, there's always someone watching. Whether they've been watching because they want to be you, they want to learn from you, or they want to do something along the same avenue, or they want your support, somebody is always watching. And something that I realized this past couple of weeks um I had the honor and privilege of having my niece and nephew come out to visit me in Chicago and and I was able to show them the beauty of this town and and again it's this American dream about being able to give something back. It isn't really about having materialistic things. Yes owning a home is beautiful. Yes owning that new car is awesome, but it is about the things that you can contribute back to your community that really impacts people. Um and really shapes them for the rest of their lives and I'm really excited to say like my niece is going to be able to go to university here in chicago and mostly because she knew that she had someone that can guide her and support her here in, in in the state um but those are just like you know the little snippets of how family values really transcend and then also again how you need to be able to identify who you are within those 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 bubbles um so that that's that segment of uh in that regard that conversation but ultimately um that's just a little bit of who i am i am somebody who has met a lot of people but mostly because i've been bringing people into the fold um i've i've been blessed and privileged enough to be in positions of power where i've been able to hire people and guide them to their next best opportunity i think one of the best people that you'll meet when you know we we you hear some of our other shows is um my my really good friend uh, yvette who essentially um she was she's a reporter she was a reporter and all that good stuff and she she was focused on that and then i had to hire a press secretary for a presidential campaign and she came on board because she's my friend she's like i'm not gonna let you down and uh, now she's uh working for aoc you know alexandria Ocasio cortez and for me that's impactful because that's a new career a new avenue where She would have never known, but I knew that her talent and her skill was just above being a reporter for one television, but it was about being a voice to Latinas in a national scale. So for me, that was impactful. Um, And those are just some some snippets of who you're going to meet throughout this journey of, you know, JS with love, because this isn't in the name, I do everything in life with love. Um everything and um it's important because if you do anything with envy with you know hate or with a pessimistic attitude or with um how can i say this into a way that it's not so messed up but when you do things when you are jealous of other people it doesn't suit anybody um and so you have to do everything with love even when you're going to get hurt Um, in this journey we're also going to be talking about relationships we're going to be talking about how some relationships are meant to be had so that you can learn how to have better ones and we're going to learn about how to have relationships with your friends that are not always about getting something out of it and how about having relationships with your family where you shouldn't feel pressured to be something that you don't want to be And also feeling like pride and ego is going to let people down if you don't do certain things, especially in our culture, um, in our Latino culture. So those are some of the topics that we'll talk about throughout this journey. But I definitely want to highlight those in my life right now as you're getting to know me. Um, No, I just really want to be brutally honest with everyone is that, you know, this world is really, really cruel. And I always remind people, especially people that I really love, is that. The world is already so cruel that we don't have to be cruel to one another. Um, And sometimes people want to be those reality check people. They're like, hey, you know, if I'm not the one telling you this, I'm just like nobody else cares about you. That's not true. Um, When you are, when you don't want to be in a job, quit that job. I've been, and I've had experiences in my career where, like I said, women have to work twice as hard to get what they're at. And then when you're a plus size woman, same thing you have to work twice as twice as hard to get where you're at and then when you get there you are either too aggressive or you are told that you know your attitude is really hard to work with now half that happened to me i remember um had this one person tell me that they were going to extend our meeting time to an hour because it would take me a lot longer to get to the point in a conversation it's like no it's not that it's taking me a lot longer to get to the point it's just that you're not listening to me, and I feel like I have to keep repeating myself. Funny enough, you know, what goes around comes around, and, you know, some people get to be proven wrong. But I've been in situations where I've had to tell people, if you don't like a job, quit. And then they look at me they're like, well, if you don't like it, why are you still here? I was like, well, there's a, there's a difference, but, you know, you're right. And sometimes I do end up leaning by example, and I leave a situation that I'm not comfortable with. Um, But you really, really will have to get to a point that, if you are afraid of sacrifice you will never succeed sacrifice comes in many forms sacrifice may be being close to your family sacrifice may be you don't get to see your friends for a long time sacrifice may be that you don't get to be in a relationship for a while or sacrifice may be that you don't get to do certain things that you used to do all the time um whether it be you know having a little fun fun on the side or you know have a little drink drink on the side where sometimes it it complicates your working environment of your own success Because again, the only person you're competing with is yourself. When you're having those tough conversations with your family, you'd be surprised how your family actually like supports you. I've been surprised plenty. I've had situations where I'm like, I cannot tell my family the truth because I feel like I've let them down and I don't know how to address the situation. And then you go and you show them your first tattoo and they're like, Hey, why didn't you shade it in? Next time do it better. <laughs> and you're like, Whoa, I thought i was gonna be disowned for getting my first tattoo. Um, but you realize that sometimes we over we underestimate and overcomplicate our family's dynamics. Because at the end of the day, no matter where you go in your life, no matter where you're going in your life your family is somehow always going to have your back as weird as it sounds. Um, you know, I was in a very, very toxic situation one one time in my life and I didn't know like how to talk to people about it because I didn't want to look like a failure. I think that's one of the things that a lot of us in our lifetime don't really address is like that we don't, don't want people to see us fail. But failure is part of our growth. Um, but it took me a minute to understand that, and I remember feeling very nervous about telling somebody like, "Hey, no, I'm not gonna go through with this. You know, I'm not gonna be able to be with this person, and I just need to go." And the support that I had from my family and from my friends was something that I've I've never even I never even imagined was possible, and that is something that I carry with me now because. Even though it took me 28 years of my life to know that I had this unconditional support, I had to recognize that i always known it. i known it since I was very young, that no matter what, family was always going to be there. And so that is something that not everybody has. Not everybody has a supportive family. Not everybody has people who are going to stand by you no matter what. Because sometimes your family is not blood. Sometimes the family that raises you is your friends. And that's something that I actually learned here in Chicago because I saw a lot of young people my age who were growing up with their friends being the most important people in their life. People that they had aspirations with, goals with, successes with, businesses with, dreams with, that sometimes were attached from detached from their parents or their families because they grew up with these folks um, on the same level, hardworking parents, they didn't have babysitters, they would be on on the neighborhoods doing, you know, what they wanted to do to pass time, and they build these bonds. And I think that's one of the things that I realized how different we are in each part of this country, Um, not just from how we grew up and how we were raised and how we value our family dynamics, but also about how we compete with one another, how we strive for success and strive for work, um because i always say birds of a feather flock together and it's true everywhere you go in your life you always meet people that are on the same wavelength than that you are um and it's just parallel universes right you're here you're here you're both going straight and sometimes your your lives go like this and sometimes your life's go like that and sometimes they're like and that's the beauty of life um but i found that here in chicago 12 years ago with a lot of people that are now doing amazing work nationally and internationally. And that's that's amazing. Um, but again, the fundamental basis was the cultural values of us being the American dream of our parents. Because when they came to this country, all our parents, when they came from wherever they came from, not just from Mexico, but from all of Latin America, all of Asia, or anywhere where we're the first generation, generation—you know, they gave up everything. And yes, they have dreams of success, but the success is to provide something more powerful than they had, so that you can be something powerful, and that's the beauty of everything. Because no matter where you are, is that you're still better than you would have been um, have you not had those those roots from your family. So again, I learned that from experiencing my own youth growth in Chicago. And I was weird. I went to college in Wisconsin. I went to an environmental liberal arts college, and then I started doing radio there. And then I would drive down to the summers and winters in Chicago and do radio here, and I saw the difference of like white privilege and and Latino like Latino privilege and just being a light-skinned Latina privilege and then being bilingual privilege and all these pockets that I started fitting into, but I wanted to make sure I had my own identity Um, because again, like nothing's ever going to come easy to those who have an accent, to those who are to those who are women, to those who are you know any other ethnicity that's not white and born in some type of suburb Um, so so life was hard but ultimately I realized that I was in competition with myself and I think that's why I don't let anybody define or change who I am ultimately no matter how hard they try and when I say they they society society has told me you know you can't sit here you can't look like this you can't say those things you have to be politically correct and then to top it off, the career that I chose to pursue made sure that it was hella hard um, to to make it out there. And uh, and but I've I've lived my wildest dreams um, because I was unbought and unbossed, and I was bold and unapologetic. Um, and I say those things with pride because I don't let anybody tell me what I need to do or how to do it, because guess what, I worked my butt off to get to where I am. But you got to own it. So many times we're scared to say, hey, you know what, you can't tell me what to do because guess what, like I already did it, I know how it works, like let me me just handle it. But you have to be assertive and strong even when people think you're loud. Um, And I always say, you know, I'm Latina, like I'm going to say how I'm going to say it. But you know what even if i use it as an excuse to get to where i need to be i'm going to use it um so i tell all the women out there like be bold be unapologetic don't owe anybody anything because at the end of the day like you have to be your authentic self that's the only way you're going to find some sort of happiness in the professional sphere and the personal sphere and in your family dynamics again when you think your family is not going to support you because you're in an inter interracial relationship or they're not going to support you because you got a tattoo or because you want to move away for college or because you don't want to have kids or because you don't want to get married or because you're gay or because you're you're trans or because all these things that the people told you not to be or not to do, you have to make you have to be strong enough to say, no, this is who I am and I'm gonna be this person. Um and oftentimes it's 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 hard and your stomach is gonna turn and you're gonna feel like throwing up and you're gonna feel like you can't breathe, but this too shall pass don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. We cannot all be perfect. If we lived in a perfect society, we wouldn't have you know famine we wouldn't have homelessness we wouldn't have you know murders we wouldn't have hate. We're living in such a time and this is the the, the point that I was trying to to get to. I'm thankful I got to it that we're living in such a time where hate and racism, and nepotism at work and cronyism and and favoritism and body shaming and rape and you know sexual harassment and cheating and all these things are literally slapping us in the face and i'm not saying because it's literally hitting you personally but because it's in your hands it's literally in your hands you have the power to see if you see something say something recently i saw a video a disturbing video uh, of a woman, 65 year old Asian American, getting knocked the hell out from this, like, you know, criminal. And, you know, people saw it and didn't do anything. And me, on the other hand, feeling so helpless, like, you know, how can I have helped, would have intervened? um and I started thinking about my parents. There was a time where I also saw a dude drive, well, I didn't see, I heard, right? I read it on the internet. He drove from who the hell knows where he drove from but he drove 10 hours to el paso went to a walmart and shot a lot of people that were literally like could be my aunts and uncles because i have family in el paso and um and just because they were they were mexican or he assumed they were all mexican and so we're seeing you know all these things i'm thinking my parents um when they went to wisconsin when i went to college there it was insane because they went to a store and somebody told them, speak English. You're in America. And, and I wasn't there, but I you know I heard it from my dad and my mom. And just just I was just super angry. And I think in that sense, it made me even want to work harder to take the jobs of those people <laughs> that, you know, always try to oppress us. And I think I've done pretty well. But know i was so angry and then i started seeing people start being up old people like at gas stations or different places my parents are in their 70s so living in that constant fear that i don't want my dad to go to the store or my mom or now you know our asian brothers and sisters can't even think of that our, our black brothers and sisters can't even can't even drive or walk while being a uh, skin color we can't even you know go to a place and talk because of the, our accent we can't go and look uh, a certain ethnicity because you know we're going to get targeted we live in a time where hate is real and hate is is thriving in the in the hands in the palm of our hands only because sometimes we don't do what we need to do. And what it what it is that we need to do is we need to educate one another. Especially in our community. I don't ever again really I, I call people out all the time. It's like I don't want people to tell me oh you know it's this person it's the persona you know you know that person um and then instead of saying their name because they can't remember their name they go straight with the ethnicity or the race and i'm just like oh you mean kelly oh you mean michelle or you mean miriam okay but i i don't we need to say you know what that's not right you shouldn't you shouldn't say oh because i wouldn't want somebody to say oh Josie la latina la 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 latina and i don't want people to describe me just because of how i look people to describe me oh Josie, la la que you know, you know, la que viene ya de California, or la oh Josie, la que habla mucho. Because that's probably true, but I don't want people to describe us based on our ethnicity or our race or how we look. And in our culture, we do that all the time. With our, with our parents describe our friends, where we describe one another, we describe our siblings' friends, and I don't think we should do that. And that is at least us doing a bit of our part. Um, and of course educating the next generation to not tolerate hate. If they see something, say something. I mean, again, we live in a world today that everything is accessible in the palm of your hand. Um, it's a different world out there. You can do anything in a little in the little palm of your hand. People, kids can go to school. Um, we can go to meetings for work while driving and getting groceries done. We can, you know. Send an invoice. We can send a tweet. We can change the world, all with the palm of our hands. But again, it's up to us and the tools that we carry and how we use them, not to tear people down, not to conduct hate, and not to keep ourselves from from really learning what the power of our willful ignorance really has. And I say willful ignorance because I think that's something that we've we've had in this in this world for a very long time. Um. And I think that's one of the reasons we got the election that we did in 2016. And look, the past four years before this administration, I have to talk about it a little bit, um, wasn't an anomaly. It wasn't something that was out of the ordinary. It was just in our freaking face. Like, it was slapping us in the face what was underneath the rug for far too long. People had been sweeping deportations. People had been sweeping racism. People have been sweeping the injustices in our judicial system for far too long under the rug. And somebody came and didn't have a filter and ex- expressed it all out. And of course it created anger and rage, how somebody so stupid can do something like that, can say those things. But sadly enough, he was saying the truth. And i I rather know the truth of who my neighbor is than I'd rather hide from that and be willfully ignorant. Sometimes we don't get in life what we want. We get what we need, and we needed a reality check, um, bottom line. And uh, and what we do now moving forward is really up to us, individually. I'm not going to put it on the administration. I'm not going to put it on elected officials. I'm not going to put it on on anybody in power, because at the end of the day, the people who really have the power is us, literally us. We have the power to change the world we live in, in the immediate, from our own actions, from our own self-awareness of the things that we do for one another, the things that we don't do for one another. In relationships, I always feel like in relationships that we tend to always highlight the things that people don't do. Oh, you didn't do this for me. You didn't do that for me. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't do that. But we don't really highlight the things that we do. And I think that in real life, that is also one of our biggest flaws. We don't do enough. That's why we can't highlight the things that we do. Um, we are always looking at pinpointing the things that we don't do. Or you didn't stand up for for Black Lives Matter, where you didn't sign up for kids in cages, or you didn't sign up for Asian hate, where you didn't do this. Like, how about we, we start doing? We start saying, Hey, you know what? I can't be at that protest today because i have to work and sadly enough my employer will fire me if i don't go if i go to this protest explaining ourselves like hey you know what i don't feel comfortable being in a place where i can actually be arrested and maybe be deported or hey you know what um i wish i could be there but i am afraid of COVID 19 and i don't want to get infected but i support how can i support please educate me please guide me Those are the types of conversations we need to start having with ourselves, with our community. I mean, seriously, what a heck of a ride, which brings me to COVID-19. The other day, they were celebrating the fact that the area code here in Chicago, because I know people are going to be hearing and watching this podcast all over the country. Uh, But here in Chicago, we have a zip code, which is a zip code that I live in, 60623, um, which is, again, the Little Village community. And the impact of um, COVID was dramatic it was intense it was real one out of every 10 people were getting infected with COVID, and, and and it doesn't surprise me the thing is is that i know they were saying that we had like zero deaths for the first time in a while but the thing is is that the community of 60623 i like how we are defined by a zip code like we're in freaking hunger games um that our community couldn't stop working like they couldn't stop working at all they couldn't um, stay home and work from home from with their MacBooks and you know, you know, be on Zoom calls and, and check in at the grocery. No, they were literally in the front lines having to provide resources so that you can have food at the table every single day. So that you can actually have a store open because you so need to go to Target, because you so need to go to the grocery store to get your food, right? So for me it's like of course we were gonna come out with the highest numbers because our community is resilient and could not stop working. They couldn't work from home they couldn't just stay home and 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 be with their children while they're getting educated online it, it's the reality and that's why the numbers were so high of course from the affluent communities where you had six people working from home the, the biggest puzzle problem was getting better bandwidth for their internet um and then also just like the privilege and trust me i i, I was very privileged to work from home and and it's stuck to know that some like some of my family members could not stay home and work and work from home and if they did because they couldn't go outside like they don't get paid and then they don't qualify for the stimulus package they don't qualify for unemployment they don't so it's like you think with now what two thousand just what eighteen hundred, like probably what three thousand four thousand dollars i don't even think i did the math right But that's all that people can get for a whole year of of not being able to work or find good jobs or where people that don't even qualify for it, their kids don't even get it because they happen to be undocumented. It's been hard. And that's why this community was hit so hard. This community was hit so hard because of that freaking system and how it works and how it's not prepared. (laughs) COVID-19, again... A horrible, 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 horrible virus killed a lot of people. I think 2020 was proclaimed the number two killer of, of people. Um, and, of course, we saw people that didn't care, that didn't want to wear masks, that they didn't want to, like, you know, take care of themselves and people around them. And then we saw their GoFundMes and then we saw them in pain and all that stuff like that. But one thing I did notice is that when people came together, they came together uh, for one another. And that and that's and that's that's what we're capable of as a humanity. Um, other countries had to, had to stop us from even visiting their country, and that's I I would have done the same thing. Um, but one of the things that I realized again, just to bring it back full circle, is that people are not afraid of sac- People are afraid of sacrifice, and that's why we don't succeed as a community. We're so afraid of of calling out bullshit. We're so afraid of calling people out for for their lies and their deceit. We're so afraid of calling people out because they're not wearing their mask or, or, or anything. But in our culture, like, no, no, te en problema. no, no. the thing is that we do have to hold each other accountable um, and we have to make things accessible. And I that's where I think politics comes in, but I, I hate talking about it because it's something that I do in my everyday life um, and I've seen every side of it and it's not all that pretty. But one thing that I know is that the people that, people are the people that have the power. We have the power to get shit done. I'm not gonna short sure quote it. I've seen people put foot drives together without needing politicians' help. I've seen people put gofundmes together without needing politicians' help. I've seen people really take control of communities without needing politicians' help. So for me, my biggest message is that people are way more powerful that we give them credit to credit for. Um, and politicians forget that they're public servants, literally public servants. Um, and uh, and they need to recognize that. <laughs> Some people get elected and you can't even access their email or their phone because they don't have time for you unless you have something to give to them and that's not how it should work. Uh but but I get I guess I can say all these things because guess what? I'm unbought and unbossed. Uh nobody nobody owns me. Nobody can tell me what to say and what not to say because guess what? I am bold and unapologetic with everything that I'm gonna do in my life. Um, because nevertheless I will persist every single day every single day and uh and that's something that I want to share with you all. And um, you know, just to kind of you know, tune into the last part of all of this is that one of the things that I've always told myself is that it's not it's not a failure and you're not a failure if you have to start from scratch. Whether it be you're trying to lose weight, whether it be you're trying to start a new job, whether it be that you think you peaked in one career and you decided to do a whole completely new one, whether it be a new relationship, a new lifestyle, you wanna be vegan, anything in your life that you wanna start from scratch, it's never too late, no matter what. People think that you need to go to college at 18, graduate by 22, either go to grad school or law school or medical school right after that. By the time you're 30, you should be getting married. You should be buying a house, and you should be having three kids and living a nice red door in a nice neighborhood by the time you're 35. what's What are you going to do after that? What's next, right? And you're like, well, I don't know. Just do this for the next 35 years. I'll, like, just keep living life. Your life is your own timeline. You're 18, and you don't want to go to college. Totally fine. Don't go to college. Take time to yourself. Learn what you want to learn. You want to be a musician, do it. You want to be a painter, do it. An artist, do it. You want to be in politics, do it. But be ready to do it with all your heart and do it with love. I think that's sometimes when we forget we don't we don't do the things we love anymore. None of it. We really don't. We we live our lives so fast paced. We live paycheck to paycheck. We live in a in a world where we we do it because we have to do it. Oh, I have to wake up at 8 a.m. Oh, I have to go work out. Oh, I have to go to college. or oh, I have to be this because my parents are not going to love me. Goes back full circle. Your family is always going to be there no matter what you decide to do. Your friends are going to be there no matter what you decide to do. You just have to do it with love. I always had this inside joke is that if I ever had kids that I would let them do whatever they wanted to do. They wanted to be a rapper, or a painter, or they wanted to do drag, or they wanted to race horses, or they wanted to be anything they wanted to be in their, in their life. Be a, like they want to be. They want to run a cartel. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. But if they, whatever they wanted to do in their life that I wanted them to do with all their heart. Like no matter what, just go all in as best as you can. And if you don't like it, start something new and go all in. But everything you do, do it with love the only thing you're rushing against is not even time against yourself because i'll tell you this and i don't mean to get philosophical because I, I like telling you a lot of things is that in life you have your timeline already like predestined right so even when you think you failed or you think that that's it there's nothing else more you can do trust me like your life is not wasted. Like, you shouldn't feel like this is it, it's over. Because you, everybody is here for a purpose. If your purpose was to be born and to bring somebody happiness, and that's all you ever got to do, then that's all you ever got to do, but you had a purpose. There's always a purpose for when you meet someone and you connect them to a friend, or you you meet someone and then they you get in a fight, but you learn from it or you go and you're driving and you witness an accident and you happen to be the witness for that person, Um, or you all these things that you're here in this world to do, there's always something why you're here. Nobody is in this earth for no reason. Like, Like, legit. So when you decide that you want to do something new for the first time, do It doesn't matter if you're 50. I always tell people in their 40s, like, go back to school if that's what you want to do. Um, but don't think that that's the only thing you gotta do to prove to people that you made it. Um, you know, just as long as you're authentically happy, then that's really what's gonna make this world a better place. because um, again, this place is full of hate. So that's something that I wanna leave you with. Um, and I want to be able to show that impact that that it has on our lives. My homework for everyone, listening, is that I want you to go in a room, anywhere you are at, grab a notebook, and manifest something that you want to see. Not for yourself, but for the world. Manifest it. I I personally want to see a world where I can sleep comfortably knowing that my family, my parents especially, are not going to be racially attacked for any reason whatsoever. So I want you to do the same thing. And no matter where you're at, grab a piece of paper and manifest something for the world. And manifest it purely. And I do want to kind of give the definition of what manifestation means to me. I like to manifest positive things in my life. I like to manifest love. I like to manifest success and careers and family dynamics are positive and friendships that are by like vibrations in my life i like to always manifest positivity around me because guess what when you manifest that but generally believe it in your heart with love it comes a reality it becomes a reality i am a hundred percent sure of this i told myself 2021 i'm gonna do it for me i'm gonna get back into something that I love. I love being able to speak truth to power. I like being able to speak to people, motivate them, embrace them, and love them, and, and show them that they're not alone. And how can I do that? And then I, I manifest great people around me to come together and give me this opportunity. I, 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 when I was young, I was 18, I wanted to go to Washington, D.C. for the first time. I was always about politics. My family could never afford it. We just could never afford a trip, I mean, especially for five of us let alone three of us let alone myself go up by myself and when i applied for this role as a reporter for rock the vote i was one out of ten thousand applicants the funny thing is they were looking for bloggers so video bloggers and um you had to submit a video like journalistic video about what social justice means to you and my family shared a windows 96 computer that was in the garage and we had dial-up internet and i did not have a video camera to do anything that was sort of vlogging but i really wanted this job and i genuinely wanted this job and uh it was before my freshman year of high school of uh, college i mean and um so i was ready to go to college i was registering for the first time to vote that's how i found out about this opportunity so i applied. i did a powerpoint presentation don't laugh at me but i did a powerpoint presentation and i remember like putting, I was so proud of myself where every time the, the slideshow moved, me, like like sounds came on because I was like making it super legit. And I submitted it. It took me three times because the internet was not doing so well. But I submitted it. I didn't think I was going to make it. I mean, the age gap was 18 to 29. Um, and I'm sure I was like, journalists are going to apply from all over the country, like Columbia or NYU or, you know, UCLA. So I was like a freshman going to school in Wisconsin so um after my first year of college i get a call that i had made the top 50 i was like no way like they probably got the wrong application but i'm gonna go with it and then uh after that after my interview i made it to the top 10 that's when i knew that it wasn't one for each state they were just gonna choose five and i remember that day i was walking with my friend i just came back from my first year of college i was back home to california to Starbucks, was a cool thing to do back then. I don't promote Starbucks, but that's what we were doing. And um, I get a call, on my flip phone, and they tell me, you know, like that I had been chosen as one of the five Rock the Trail reporters for Rock the Vote, and I was gonna cover the 2008 presidential election. They were gonna fly me out to Washington, D.C., everything paid for. Uh, I got a free laptop, my first really cool cell phone. I remember it was a, an 18T Jack 2, and I say it with like this intensity because it was actually like a video phone, which was the first of its time back in 2008, and I remember kneeling down and letting the sun hit my face, and I cried because I had manifested this into reality, and ever since then, I've believed the manifestation, Um, I remember I called my mom, and I was like, is everybody home? I have something to tell them. And I went home and I told my mom, mommy, like, and everybody was like, I'm going to Washington, D.C., you know, and, and it was a dream come true. Um, And ever since then, I, I've never stood away from manifesting the future I want and the future I desire. There's been hiccups and bumps along the road because no life is perfect. But I swear that I always give it my best because I always do everything with love. Um, so I want to leave you with that. Manifest something for the future, and next time we're going to talk about it and see what we have come up with. So thank you so much, everyone. Gracias a todos. And uh, I'm really proud of, of what we can accomplish together as a community, as people, and as human, as humanity. Um, and I always want to say, coming to you live from Chicago. <laughs>